0: Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Cody and Mings to my Maguire and Stones. It's Justin Peach.
1: Good day to you, Ryan.
0: Justin, how the devil are you, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm very tired. As you can see, I've, I've moved uh, I've moved residence. I'm currently redecorating. Yes.
0: For anyone who is listening on the podcast, Justin is speaking from a partly decorated room. I say partly decorated, this is not really decorated no, at all. Not, is at, it? All. <laughs> not at all. There's, there's wallpaper hanging
1: from the ceiling. So we're getting you know,
0: there. It's, uh, it's, you're getting there. Uh, it's put, you've put in a lot of hard work, haven't you? So I won't disparage your room too much so far. Makes a change. Makes a change. You are listening to the biggest championship specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This is our grading episode where we go through all the teams in the championship, look back at their season, what went right what went wrong, before giving them a final grade. And this is a two-parter. The second part will come out tomorrow. Me and Justin have individually graded each team. What we've done is the final grade will be whatever's in the middle. But unsurprisingly, we haven't differed too much, really. And it is worth pointing out we're basing it on things like The players that they have available to them, expectations at the start of the season, money that's available as well. All kinds of different things and that's how we've come to the conclusion for each side. So Justin, let's crack on straight away. We'll do this in alphabetical order, shall we? It's a nice, easy one to start with. Barnsley! What have we gone with for the Tykes, Justin?
1: It's an A-plus for Barnsley.
0: It absolutely is and I don't think that really comes as any surprise to anyone, does it? The thing is with Barnsley, no one was expecting too much from this season. I think if they were to finish... We were talking to Carlo, weren't we, from Mm Redford He was saying if they finished 21st, they'd have been quite happy with the season. And they have blown everything out of the water, haven't they?
1: No one can disparage what they've achieved this season. And um, I think we, we got a little bit of stick for saying it was one of the biggest achievements in the Championship. And if we put that into context... They were minutes away from relegation last season. Gerhard Struber left at the start of this season. They were winless in, I think, the first seven games of the season. So Mm -hmm. by that point, and Adam Murray was in caretaker charge for a fair few games after that. So at that point, you're thinking, yeah, okay, these asserts for relegation. But then Ishmael comes in and, and turns it around and they, they finish in the in the top six. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And that's also um, taking into account their budget, which is by far one of the smaller ones in the, in the division.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we need to spend too much time no. talking about why Barnsley have got an A+, plus because we've spoken about them every single week. We spoke about it in the second tier awards, why Valerie and Ishmael got manager of the year for us, for anyone else to get manager of the year would just be balmy in my view. This squad costs £6 million. It's fighting amongst the likes of Brentford, Norwich, Watford, all clubs with much bigger budgets compared to them. They finished ahead of Bournemouth and Bournemouth squad cost at least £100 million. So it's a staggering achievement from Barnsley. If there's one criticism that we could possibly give them this season, it's that they haven't... Made it completely more comfortable for themselves in some games. They won quite a few games by just the one goal, where they probably could have scored more. And then the only other criticism I'd give them is their record against the better teams in the division, because I think they only won three of their games against the other sides in the top six yeah. this season. We're, we're cherry-picking here, aren't we, Justin, with the criticisms that we're giving, because otherwise there isn't really much you can criticise Barnsley for this season.
1: Almost faultless, almost faultless. And as you say, it gets them grounded a little bit by just picking a few little things, because if they improve upon them things, who knows what can happen next season?
0: Exactly. They've set themselves a fantastic foundation for... Another go at it next season. And I firmly believe they can do that. It all depends on who they bring in. Justin, let's move on to the next one. The next one we've got is Birmingham, who we've given a D minus. Why mm. have we given Birmingham that grade? Well,
1: I mean, where they finished this season, for example, um, it wasn't up until Boya was was put in charge of Birmingham City. I was convinced they were going down to Cranka. In, in fact, they were the they were the only team I was completely certain about at that point than Wickham Um, and then Boyer came in and they turned it around but they did the same thing um, last season and probably the same thing the season before it's a constant cycle for Birmingham City Um, you just find yourself constantly tutting at Birmingham City which is it's where they are at the minute and um, they need to significantly improve but this season they were terrible for I don't know nine tenths of it and then the final the final section of the season they they, they, they picked up under Boyer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think if it wasn't for that kind of of end-of-season spring under Lee Bowyer, then we'd have given them a much lower score and they would have probably been much lower in the table as well. Uh, They were pretty terrible under Ito Karenka, it's worth saying. If you look at how they've done across the whole season, they were pretty much... Before Karanka was sacked, they were pretty much as we were expecting, really, weren't they, in terms of our yeah. expectations? I think we had them just finishing outside the relegation zone in our start of the season predictions. Um, so they didn't really surprise too much, but that nice little run under Boya that they had after Karanka was sacked has kind of saved them, really. I think a D- minus is a fair assessment of their season. It was pretty miserable up until a nice little... <laughs> couple of decent results towards the end. It's a nice foundation as well for Lee you heading into this season as well. It is. Um, let's move on to Blackburn, Justin. They've had a bit of a mixed season, haven't they? We've given them uh. a C. Why have we given them that grade?
1: Well, again, attacking-wise, at times they've been the best in the division um, and at times they've they've not been very good at all. Defensively, at times they've looked very good and at other times they've looked really bad. At no point have they got it clicking together at the same time because if they got it clicking together at the same time there's a team here who can make a very good assault on the playoffs so them being graded a c is a, is sort of a, an epitome uh, the epitome of that essentially they've not been they've not got everything to click at the same time um, and as we've seen with with the, with where they finished they they've they started okay um, they they had a bad mid-season and then had a, a fairly good last four or five games
0: yeah, it's been a patchy season for Blackburn, mm. hasn't it? They've had some fantastic individual performances from the likes of Adam Armstrong. Harvey Elliott's had a fantastic season. It, it surprises me that hasn't been more talk of how good a season Harvey Elliott's had, but that's by the by. Um, it's just the results, isn't it? I, I think for quite some time, they hadn't picked up a result against any team in the top half of the table, mm-hmm. which is... Quite damning. They were they're almost flat track bullies for much of the season, Blackburn, and it's all about consistency. There are plenty of teams. This is going to be a common thing in this episode where we talk about consistency. Blackburn are one of those teams who have really struggled with consistency throughout the season, haven't they?
1: Well, yeah, I think finishing fifteenth just tells you exactly where they where they've struggled, which is consistency, because Preston weren't too far away, which are another team who who felt fell into that category. Um but as you say it's been it's been a good season for individuals but the, the players around those individuals haven't been consistent enough themselves um so they them i think them finishing 15th is probably one of the the worst things that could have happened to them this season because it looked like they were going to make a real go of it they brought in some really good players obviously Harvey Elliott was was it was a great um great signing on on loan and there were others Daniel Ayala came in and he didn't play much but there was the makings of a good uh, assault here but that lack of consistency um, it just saw them fall, fall away and fall away and fall away.
0: Yeah, it really did. And in hindsight I'm looking at it now thinking maybe we've been a bit kind to Blackburn but maybe a C is <laughs> because they're at two ends of the scale aren't they? When they were yeah. an A, they were absolutely fantastic but at the same time we've seen them be an E plenty of times this season so I suppose C is right in the middle isn't it? Justin, next up is Bournemouth. We've given them a C- minus and i think that's largely down to how bloody squad how bloody good this squad is and the fact that they've only finished the season by squeezing into the playoffs
1: and i'm just i'm thinking here i think perhaps we've been a bit too kind to to bournemouth for giving them a c minus um i know we just mentioned blackburn being a bit kind to them but this season is a categorical categorical failure for for bournemouth not being promoted or I think firstly not being promoted through the playoffs, obviously, but also being nowhere near um, the top two. The, the, was, there, was there a time this season where they challenged the top two? I can't really recall um, them getting near it. And obviously, Tyndall getting sacked when they were eighth back in January. It's, it's not been it's been it's been a massive failure for Bournemouth with the squad that they have.
0: Oh, absolutely. They were. lurking around the top two at around Christmas time I recall, but then everything went drastically tits up and that ultimately led to Jason Tindall being sacked. They have shown at times that they can be a fantastic attacking side, of course, with the talent Mm -hmm. they've got. You'd expect that. I remember around autumn time, late autumn time, they were looking like they were finally becoming the team that many people were expecting them to with the likes of Brooks, Dan Juma, Solanke. These are bloody good players at this level. And then all of a sudden it all went wrong. Maybe that was in part to key players like Dan Juma and Brooks getting injured. But having said that, you'd still expect a lot better from a Bournemouth squad that has got so much talent in it. And... We saw with Woodgate in that fantastic run where they won seven games in a row once again they were absolutely fantastic, but it was just at the other end of the scale as well where they weren't picking up results where they were just so bad
1: yeah exactly and I think finishing fourteen fourteen points off the top two um that there, there are there is sections in the season where they've been massively let down by by their form, but as you say with the with the players that they have um did they have enough? Uh, Nothing. Uh, the reserves to 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 make the assault on the top two in terms of backup options. Um, there's Dominic Slanke, but then who's the who's the next next guy in line? Um, Sam Sorridge, who I do rate, wasn't fancied by Woodgate. I know Josh King was there, but did they, did they have enough uh, in reserve? Essentially, you know, Watford have got a big squad. Norwich had a big squad. Brentford had a big squad. Um, Bournemouth had a very good starting eleven, arguably the best starting eleven in the division, and obviously they just came up short, very short, in fact. Um, and they and they squoze into the into the playoffs in the last few games. So yes, yeah. Not a good season from top to bottom, really, from from the from the management of the club to to the playing stuff.
0: You just say squoze?
1: Let's um let's just gloss over that quite quick.
0: Good vocabulary there. Um uh, the other thing is Bournemouth is so Vulnerable defensively, even though they've, you talk about the big names at the other end of the pitch. Even in defence, they've still got some players who you expect to do defend really well, but they just weren't. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. they, they were very easily got at, um, especially when it came to crosses into the box and attacking out wide. So there's definitely a lot to work on from a Bournemouth perspective. This has been a massively disappointing season. The fact that they've managed to get in the playoffs has provided some you know relief from that standpoint, but there's still a lot of money that is in this side, and mm-hmm. for them to, if you said to someone at the start of the season that Bournemouth would squeeze into the playoffs right at the end, you'd say, well, that has been a really, really poor season, and it pretty much is. Next up is Brentford. Justin, they got a B plus. Now I'm not sure if this would have changed much had they not got promoted from the playoffs do you think it would have maybe moved down your grade a bit um
1: yeah obviously because they their ultimate aim is to be promoted that's the ultimate ambition of the of the club is is to get promotion um so yeah they probably would have perhaps gone down to a, a b minus c plus um had they not been promoted but um I think that's probably the only reason why it's not an a is because they didn't finish in the top two because it was a it was a near perfect season where again they showed that they can progress without um, without key players of, of, of the previous season, Watkins, Ben Rama, they left. And um, they replaced them as, as we as we know they, they do. But as well as that, Frank saved the season by changing it to a three at the back at, at one point in the season. Um, they became a very hard team to beat, which <laughs> They they had to do at, at the point that they did towards the end of the season because they were they were dropping points and that change in formation carried them over the line and if it was done sooner it might have been it might have been top two finish for them.
0: I think that's been the main difference from last season, isn't it? They have become a much more difficult to beat side. Um defensively they've been much more solid, they've been able to shit house games a bit more <laughs> and we laugh, but that is a crucial thing to be able to do at this level to be able to squeeze out results when it's not necessarily going your way um, they were let down quite a bit by their form in the final third of the season where they were drawing plenty of games and not necessarily getting wins on the board and that ultimately led to them missing out on the top two getting overtaken by Watford but people have got to remember this Brentford side have had one of the highest points tallies ever for a third place side and that is quite an achievement if it wasn't for you know Norwich and Watford finishing the season so strongly and getting such a fantastic points tally, then Brentford would have gone up automatically. They managed to salvage that at the end by obviously finishing third and getting promoted through the playoffs. Um, but I think overall, despite not getting up automatically, it's still been a fantastic season as a whole for Brentford.
1: Yeah, I mean, winning in the playoffs um, is a massive achievement. It doesn't matter if you score squeeze into the uh into the playoffs on the last day or the last minute of the season or you're third the whole way through the season and you you're in there comfortably um winning the playoffs is, a, is an achievement uh, i think the the underlying factor here is that Brentford have lost the same amount of games as Norwich um so they've lost the same amount of games as the team that's won the league um it's just as you, as you mentioned they they drew too many too many games um had it's just it's fine margins that has essentially let them down at, at certain points in the season, but they did it in the end. It's been a, it's been a very good season, a brilliant season actually for Brentford, and um, yeah, a massive achievement, first time in the Premier League.
0: Yep, fantastic individual performances as well. Of course, Ivan Tony, we can't go without mentioning him. <laughs> Ethan Pinnock's had a fantastic season as well. Uh, Rico Henry had a good season before he got injured, um, and he may well, have, very well, have been the difference in getting them in the automatics in the final further season. But I think B plus solid effort for Brentford. If they managed to get up automatically, then that maybe have been boosted up to an A. Final one, just before we go to a break, Justin Bristol City now this was an interesting one Mm. um they're one of many teams on who we're going to go through in these two episodes justin who have had jekyll and hyde seasons to say the very least and i think bristol city are maybe the most drastic case of that what final grade have we given them we've given them an e yeah And I I don't think that's too unfair. One thing that I will say when I was putting together my grades is I was very wary of not letting recency bias, you know, uh, blind my judgment when it comes to some of these teams. Um, QPR being one main example who we'll obviously get on to later, who finished the season fantastically, but weren't necessarily very good in the first half of the season. Bristol City were absolutely atrocious in the second half of the season and I don't think many Bristol City fans will particularly disagree with me if I were to say that in that second half of the season they were probably the worst team in the championship
1: I think one of the things that you said uh, several times was if there's a few more games in this season then this team could very well be relegated and yeah. it's it's one of the things it's quite a, it's quite a bad indictment of, of the team and um, one thing that needs to be considered, which might make the grade a bit harsh, is the amount of injuries they they have had. Um, at no point did Dean Holden have his best eleven, for example. Which um, you know they started okay. They even had me thinking there might be a bit of a playoff challenge here, but then the injuries started to come in. I think losing Andy Vyman was a was a huge blow. Jamie Patterson um, at a key time, and then Callas as well at, at, at one time. They lost they lost pretty much a first teamer in every position. So there's a lot of sympathy there, but After that, it was bad.
0: Really, It was really bad. Extremely bad. They picked up the joint fewest points in 2021. Um, And as you say, in the first half of the season, they were looking like they could be a decent bet for the playoffs. But that clearly went very wrong very quickly. And injuries did play a part. I'm not completely sold on that being a valid excuse for everything going completely tits up. Bristol City fans will disagree with me on that. They've told me plenty of times um, that they disagree with me on that. But I, I don't think that can be used as a valid excuse for nearly going down if there are a few extra games uh, on the end of the season. So yeah, it's been a very disappointing season from a Bristol city perspective, but it is worth saying that they were very promising in that short spell under Dean Holden earlier in the season when they were looking quite good. And I, as we say, if we're taking into account how they did across the whole of the season, then that is the main reason why they're not an even lower grade than they are.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, was it was it a six game spell under Holden? Um, yeah, where the yeah it wasn't. I think they were beaten in the first first few games for, um, this season, but as you say. Um, the injury, the injury pileup up um yeah it, it can't be used as an excuse because they they're overloaded in certain positions whereas being quite low in numbers in in, in others so yeah the, it, recruitment has, has has almost um contributed to that um impact a little bit by not being well balanced throughout the throughout the team um but yeah it was it was a, it was a bad bad season as you say it, it showed promising signs but It was just a a flickering of the light bulb before it completely went out. That's all it ever was for Bristol City this season.
0: Mm. And if we're talking about expectations at the start of the season as well, Bristol City were one of those sides who we thought could probably be challenging for the playoffs because the squad as a whole was looking quite good on paper, the likes of Naki Wells and what have you. But these players, Wells being one of them, just haven't lived up to expectations when they have been on the pitch this season and underperformed, Yeah. massively under, underperformed and there, there's quite a few alarm bells at Bristol City maybe if they had a more experienced manager at the very start of the season things wouldn't have gone as bad as they were but we'll just have to see how they managed to pull things together over the course of the summer Justin, let's have a quick break after that we'll talk about Cardiff, Coventry and I'm looking forward to this one Derby I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from classicfootballshirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe, and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either. They've also got track suits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk right now. <laughs> Welcome back to the second tier podcast. We're grading each of the teams in the championship from the past season to see how we think they did. The next up on the agenda is Cardiff, Justin. How do we think the Bluebirds did? We gave
1: them a a C.
0: Yeah, and I would say C is a fair grade because they're another one who have had differing seasons, not maybe to the extent of Bristol City, but the first half and the second half of the season were very different sides weren't they it
1: was a, it, was chalk, it was chalk and cheese wasn't it the, the first half and the second half um, it was I imagine it was frustrating from my perspective as a as a neutral spectator uh, looking at this Cardiff team and thinking at the, at the start of the season playoffs this is a good squad here and then towards the end of the transfer window big signing Shea Ojo Harry Wilson um, these, these talented players they come in Kiefer Moore was already there obviously they come in and you're thinking yeah quite easily the playoffs but the, the, the format uh, in the first half of the season under Neil Harris was was really quite poor quite checkered um, I'm surprised he, he lasted right through to sort of mid to end January mm. um, and then Mick McCarthy came in had that ridiculously good run I know they fell off a little bit towards the end but there was a glimpse of what, what this team can do under him, so yeah, it was very much a, a, a D, e, um first half of the season to a, a B sort of C, C plus uh, second half of the season.
0: Yeah, you're spot on. Um, the thing is, we infamously thought Cardiff were going to be fantastic this season at the mm. very start of the season. I think we had them second in our start of the season predictions, which in could have put my house on it. Well, in hindsight, it seems mental that we put them there. But the fact that they didn't even finish in the playoffs is a disappointing season as a whole. Um, It has managed to finish relatively well under Mick McCarthy compared to how it was going. I think the one thing that has boosted this score is the performances of individual players namely Kiefer Moore who's had a fantastic season Sean Morrison's another one who has had a fantastic season not just defensively but at set pieces as well <laughs> we, we've seen the good and the bad with Cardiff haven't we this season
1: definitely that's, that's what I alluded to that it was chalk and cheese wasn't it um with the individuals yeah. You know, Aidan Flint came in um after his loan spell at Sheffield Wednesday as and he was one of the best defenders um, in the league in the second half of the season. He was he was he was brilliant under Mick McCarthy, um, and they've got good players at Cardiff. But at no point, other than Kiefer Moore, maybe Sean Morrison, uh, at no point were were any of them um, really really consistent or really really good throughout the whole season. Harry Wilson, for example, I thought underperformed for for large chunks of the season. Um, I don't think Neil Harris got the best out of certain players. There's a lot of good wide players, for example. There's Murphy, there's Hoylett. Um, but they weren't really providing, other than Kiefer Moore hitting 20, which is a fantastic return. Where's the next player scoring goals? Harry Wilson hit seven. And then there's a, there's several others on, on on five. So there was a lot of holes in this team. And we we've mentioned before throughout the season, they're creating a lot of uh, chances from set pieces. What are they doing from open play? Not a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a season that had the potential to be very good. And it wasn't. But it wasn't a disaster. And I think if you wanted to summarise Cardiff seasons season in just a sentence, just take what I've just said there and use that repeatedly. <laughs> uh, Justin, the next club on the list is Coventry. What grade have we given them?
1: We've given them a, a lofty B.
0: Yeah. Um. In hindsight, maybe we've ranked them a bit too high there. But, oh, no, uh, no, no. Do, do you think... I just think... Coventry were one of those sides, weren't they, where at times we saw them be absolutely fantastic. I remember when they played against Brentford very early on in the season and they put in a fantastic performance and we were asking ourselves, why can't they do that every single week? And that has been pretty much the story of Coventry's season. They finished well with a decent run of results, which ultimately pulled them away from the relegation battle. But apart from that, they were hovering around there for pretty much the whole season.
1: Okay, so here's my theory. Matt Godden and Tyler Walker managed just 56 games between them. Um, so they're missing two two their first team strikers. They're missing their first team strikers um, for half of the season. Had they have been fit for the for the full season, I think Coventry are comfortably hovering above the relegation zone rather than putting its arm putting their arm over over the shoulder of the relegation zone. Um, that that's that's my theory because. They play good football they play good attacking football um they can be defensive when they want they when they want to be um there's, there's potential to mix up here uh, which is a, which is the, the foundations of a of a top top team um so there's there's a lot of good here for coventry which is why i think a b is a very good grade uh, a very it, it's the right grade for coventry in my opinion
0: mm. when you consider that they had just got promoted for back into the championship for the first time in quite some time and it was still a very young squad not much money spent on it then maybe a b is a fair you know record for for coventry it's just when we thought that they might be able to do a bit more this season really stand up and make themselves counted as a cha- as a you know accomplished championship side that didn't necessarily happen until the very end of the season but yeah maybe a b is a fair reflection on coventry season it's one that has set the foundations for a better season next season, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. This is, this is what, I mean, it's what I was saying because if the recruitment was good last season, um, just think what it can be with a year in the championship with maybe a little bit more resource. Um, just think how, how much better it can be going into the next season. And there, are, there are positions that can be improved upon. For example, um, there's, there's Dominic Hyen, but Leo Ostergaard's left. Um, his loan spell's finished, so they'll need to bring somebody else. Keeper is a position that they'll need to, that they'll need, to, they'll need, they'll need to bring somebody in. So there, there are areas that can be, that can be improved upon. But I think Coventry City coming up to the Championship after such a long time out of it, um, having two key players, just, I mean, they're they're just two that are highlighted. There are other players that have had injuries as well this season. There's a lot of good here for Coventry, and I think it needs to be
0: acknowledged. Fair enough. Next up is Derby. And we've given them a big fat F. Um, Derby off the pitch have been an F for quite some time, haven't they? But on the pitch, they've managed to avoid it necessarily interfering with how results have been going. But this seemed to be finally the season where off the field events caught up with them and they were pretty dreadful. And... I was looking at it thinking, is F harsh? Because they haven't necessarily gone down, but considering many people would have probably expected them to finish in the top half of the season, for them to only stay up by the skin of their teeth, I think an F maybe is a fair result.
1: you rip up the exam paper and throw it back at them, wouldn't you, if it was a, an actual exam being graded. They were... They've
0: were they just drawn penises all over the exam exactly. paper, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> they've, made, they've
1: made a mockery of it. Um, and told, a,
0: told the examiner to screw FFP.
1: <laughs> it's
0: FFP. that's what it is. Ah, there um, we
1: go. It's It's been a circus of a season. There's been more failed takeovers at Derby this season than they featured in the top half of the league, um, which was zero, by the way. So they could have even had one failed takeover, but they had two, so 2-0 two uh, to that. Um, defensively, they looked organised at times. Uh, going forwards, they've been incredibly shy. Um, there were striker links. This is why I feel sorry for for Philip Koku because the the strikers they were linked with in the summer last summer all hit over twenty goals this season. Kiefer Moore and um, Dürsen who plays for Darmstadt in in Germany, they're just they're just two of the, the linked players. Lost Chris Martin as well, so I do feel sorry for him. I, I feel sorry for Rooney a little bit as well because he was shafted in January by the um, by the transfer embargo. But as you say, you say you say the. Um, scenes off the field, didn't catch up with them. I think it impacted the team all the way through the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When you're not getting paid your wages, it's always going to affect you, isn't it? I mean, It doesn't help. It it doesn't help. If anyone who's listening didn't get paid their wages at work, you wouldn't necessarily be as motivated, would you? I think that goes without saying. So, yeah, it's definitely finally caught up with Derby and now the club is staring down the abyss... Of what the future holds, because who knows what the future holds at this point? Yeah, I I just think an F is a a very good reflection. As you say, if there's one positive, it has been defensively; they've actually been all right. But going forwards, what what's below a U? (laughs) I I don't know, but they've been absolutely abysmal going forwards, and. Here we are now, wondering where Derby are going to be next season. Next up is another side who aren't particularly good going forwards. That's Huddersfield, Justin. We've given them a D. Now, they are one of these Jekyll and Hyde sides, aren't they, who did all right in the first half of the season. They were around mid-table and looked like they were going to have a nice, solid transition season under Carlos Corbran. But in the second half of the season, it all very nearly went very wrong partly down to injuries but it wasn't very good to watch was it
1: no um i mean we, we saw glimpses of uh, corben style in the first half of the season not only with the pressing and the um uh, counter attacking or the counter pressing i should say but also his, his chinos which were a breath of fresh air really because mm. we're used to seeing we're, we we used to seeing black trousers and those those plimsolls that have the white tip around the edges but he wore chinos and and white trainers which was Fantastic, and that needs to be considered here because that's generally one of the plus points of Huddersfield. That's the he's, only reason he's... I didn't give them an E. <laughs> exactly. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Chino's, uh, okay, style of play. Yeah, it was it um, it was it was clicking for th- at times for Huddersfield and um, the injury to Josh Cromer, it's one of them injuries uh, that there's another team who, who we'll, we'll move on to later on um, who had a similar impact after a player got injured. Um, Josh Cromer's injury... Didn't derail them, but it really left them light up front. An, and I think because they were light all over the pitch, all over the pitch, um, it, it showed towards the end of the season. I think they were the one of the teams that have used the most players this season. They were signing anybody and everybody. As at one point, thinking April that I might be able to get a contract with Huddersfield um, because they were they were looking like they were going to bring in anyone who rang them up essentially um, I think that's sort of testament as to how the season went because injuries started to pile up and they didn't have any really good backups to bring them in so they brought in Johnny off the street essentially
0: all I'm going to say is if they did have you at centre-back then I don't think they would have conceded as many goals um, that's no yeah, reflection on thanks. you as a footballer it's just <laughs> I just feel so bad defensively Um they picked up the, sorry. No, they picked up the ju- joint fewest points in 2021. They had the fewest wins as well. It was a fairly disastrous 2021 from a Huddersfield point. And it was partly down to injuries, but I don't think Carlos Corbrand's tactics really helped. He was very stubborn in the way mm-hmm. that he was sticking to the way they were playing. And even though results weren't going their way, he didn't want to change it. And that's ultimately what led to their results not getting any better and seemingly getting worse. They were very much helped by four teams in Derby, Wednesday, Rotherham and Wickham being fairly hopeless compared to them Um, because if it wasn't for Huddersfield being a fairly steady side in the first half of the season then they probably would have gone down or at least been closer to the relegation zone. So the fact that around Christmas time they were looking like a steady mid-table side and finished above the really bad teams in the division is quite an indictment on how this season's gone for Huddersfield and a D is very much a reflection on the second half of the season as opposed to them being a steady mid-table side in the first half of the season. Justin, next up is Luton. What grade have we given to Luton Town?
1: we have a with A-.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they have finished as a mid-table side, some championship fans might be looking at that and thinking that's quite generous, but explain to our listeners why we've given Luton Town A-minus. A-.
1: They they fall into the same category as Barnsley, where they, they scraped uh, staying up on the, the final day of last season. Um You've got to remember how bad they were last season, how bad they were defensively. I think they conceded the most goals in the league last season, but Nathan Jones came in, saved them from from relegation, essentially, and, and, and it carried on to, into this season. Um, they've probably lacked goals at times. That might be one of the reasons as to why they haven't finished higher, which is, again, 12th is a, a lofty position for Luton Town, given that they were a, a non-league side 10 years ago. Um Goal, yeah, goals has been an issue at times but defensively they've been so good and off the ball off the ball they're one of the most hard-working teams in the division um they've brought on brought in players like Ki and Dewsbury Hall for example who has um, probably in fact he was Luton's best player because he he swept up the awards um so there, there, there's a there's a really good group of players at Luton growing and and again there's, there's, there's something um brewing at, at Luton which can easily um, go into next season.
0: Yeah, Barnsley, you, you compare them to Barnsley just a second ago. Barnsley have accomplished so much this season on what is pretty much pocket change compared to other clubs in the Championship. Yeah. But Luton are even below that. They're, they're like the level below Barnsley in terms of the financial side of things because they don't spend money on players really, do they? And if they do, it's for what, 300 grand? around that kind of, you know, budget, really. Um, They rely a lot on free agents, loans, and what Nathan Jones has managed to get together here is a real unit of a side. The togetherness at Luton, it sounds patronising whenever I say this, but the, 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 the togetherness at Luton is just fantastic, and that has ultimately led to them finishing where they have done this season, for them to finish where they have, amongst some sides who have spent an awful lot of money at championship level, is a remarkable achievement for Nathan Jones, and it goes a bit under the radar because of how well Valerie and Ishmael has done this season, and Daniel Farker for managing to get Norwich straight back into the Premier League at the first time of asking. But Nathan Jones, you can't underestimate how fantastic a job he's done this season.
1: Yep, he's, he's got a group of hard, hardworking players, and he's a manager who will die for the course. Um, there's there's that Neil Warnock quote saying you've got to fucking die for three points, and Nathan Jones is that in a nutshell as well and
0: the, the, the thing is i i worry that nathan jones might literally die for three points <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah he, he he looks a very stressed man on the sidelines so there, there is a bit of a stress but that passion it, it it filters into the team and you can see it on the pitch which is why they are a likable side and they finished above stoke which is a massive one up for nathan jones <laughs>
0: Yeah, Stoke fans won't thank you for that, but it definitely is. <laughs> um, yeah, L- Luton are performing above all expectations this season, and for them to finish where they have is a fantastic achievement. It's, again, another great foundation for them to push on next season and just to keep accomplishing what they can do, and maybe one day we could see them push for the playoffs. Who knows? Final one of this episode, Justin, is Middlesbrough. We've given them a C+. Why have we given Borough that score?
1: There was a again. There's a there's there's a point in the season where they were the best defensive team in the league, and uh, you could see that they were they were so mean defensively. Um, but it started to even itself out through as the season went on. The the goals dried up. The chances they kept creating chances. Are a team this season that have always created chances, but they've lacked a goal scorer. And defensively, they started to leak goals. So it all started to balance out for Borough, which is ultimately why they finished tenth. On reflection, it is a good season for Borough. They were really bad under Jonathan Woodgate. And again, Neil Warner came in with three games to go last season or six games to go. Not many. Not not many games. And Kevin Blackwell literally had to desert his his kitchen that was halfway through being done to to make the to get the to get the job with Warnock at Borough. And um it proved to be a, a good thing because it has paid off for Borough. And I think again they're a team who, for me, can build into next season. It's been a it's been a very nice um transition for them so it's that they're, they're a one to watch out for coming into the new season but this season yeah definitely okay
0: yeah I think a transition season wouldn't necessarily do them a disservice really you have got to remember Neil Warnock started the season with just a dozen players they weren't very heavy on terms of squad depth were they? Really, and they've had to recruit mm-hmm. players throughout the season the likes of Duncan Watmore, Yannick Balassi, Cabano these players have all come in during the course of the season and just joined in with things really and the fact that they started the season so well defensively is a real credit to Neil Warnock as a manager being such a fantastic operator at this level it was just the other end of the pitch where they were really struggling however they were creating chances weren't they it was just putting them in the back of the net, which was a real issue, and that's not been helped by the injuries to Asombalonga and Fletcher and also the form of their strikers like Akpom and Asombalonga. So, yeah, it's definitely been a good season for Middlesbrough. I don't think there's any denying that. Tenth, if you offered a Middlesbrough fan tenth at the start of this season after what was nearly an absolute disaster last season, I think they probably would have taken it.
1: Yeah, you'd be happy. Um, As you say... It's all about context. They were bad under Woodgate, really, really bad. Um yeah, you know, they're on the the the, the freeway to relegation essentially under him and um, it was it was recovered. But as you say, it doesn't start with a dozen players at the start of the season. Duncan Watmore, has been an incredibly good acquisition, came in after six or seven games, so he, he didn't start the season with Borough. So it's been a group that's been put together as Neil Warnock has gone along with the season, um, which is typical Neil Warnock. But that just goes to show what he can do given more time uh, and more progress.
0: Yeah, it's been a good season for Middlesbrough, is it? Just good, I, I think say no more on that point Justin that pretty much wraps us up for the first episode or the first part of the season grading episode we're just going to quickly run through the grades that we've given each of the teams Barnsley we've given an A plus Birmingham D minus Blackburn C Bournemouth C minus Brentford B plus Bristol City E Cardiff C Coventry B Derby F Huddersfield D Luton A minus and Middlesbrough C plus so we'll be back again on Sunday to give you part two of our gradings. And uh yeah, we look forward to seeing you then. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday. I've been Brian Dilkes. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening.